welcome to episode 61 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. It took a while, but we have our second coaching casualty. Could this start a coaching carousel across the league? Um, could Doug Waite uh, be the guy to lead the New York Islanders moving forward? In case you haven't heard, the New York Islanders made a coaching change. That's what we're going to discuss. Um, also, holy offense, Batman. Uh, mm-hmm. On Martin Luther King Day... The Jets and Sharks combined for seven goals in a full 60-minute game of hockey. The Penguins and Capitals combined for nine goals in almost 17 minutes. Two teams combined to score more goals in one period than any of the other matches happening that day. And there were also a lot of other high-scoring tilts. We'll get to those as well. Uh, are they for real this week? We're talking about uh, two rebuilding teams that uh, frankly aren't going anywhere this year, but in a couple of years they could. And um, Brett's Bruins had a tough week. Uh, <laughs> he's going to rant on that. Uh, Shout-outs before we start things off. Uh, Jujar Kyra, uh, probably botched that name, uh, just oh. the third Indo-Canadian to ever play in the NHL, uh, and the Oilers prospect got his first career NHL goal on Monday, so congrats to him. Uh, also, shout-outs to all the players past and present who have worn number 61 in the league. Um, the longest-serving members of that club, Corey Stillman, Rick Nash, Mark Stone, who currently plays the Sens, as we all know, uh, Maxima Fenegenov, Justin Braun. Uh, believe it or not, in 2006 with the Ducks, Corey Perry wore number 61. Uh, in his two years with Boston, Craig Cunningham wore number 61. Uh, Pascal Dupuy, one year at the Rangers, 2007, wore number 61. Uh, during the Sens playoff run in 06, Oleg Saprikin wore that jersey number. And so did Sylvain Turgeon during his time with the Sens. So to all of them, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. All right, so uh, uh, Steve had already teased this, but uh, I guess we'll just say it out loud now. Uh, Jack Capuano, um, uh, formerly of the New York Islanders, has been fired from the New York Islanders. And I was just looking at what he did. Mm -hmm. Um... As a coach there, he went to, uh, he had 227 wins, 192 losses, which is, I, I guess that's not terrible, um, and 64 o- uh, overtime losses, um, which isn't actually that bad. Um, that's seven uh, seasons. Um, he's made the playoffs twice, uh, three times um, in seven seasons. Um and he lost in the first round uh, twice and lost in the second round once. Um, he had this, this was probably his worst season so far. Um, I guess he's not. I always like think whenever I think of Jack Capuano, I was thinking, like, oh, he's not a he was just a terrible coach. Like, when is he going to get fired? And when I look at this, it's like, well, I guess he kind of did pretty well. Um, but uh, I guess it was just a matter of time until... But there was always, like, these rumors that he was always going to get fired and stuff like that. 
Much yeah, like my well, own coach. I, I, just, but. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to quickly go in, in into in-depth because uh, just a little bit here because the Islanders have been notorious of making coaching changes. In fact, by my count, this is the 14th coaching change since Al Arbor's second and final departure from the team in 1994. Um, and yet, out of all those predecessors, Capuano won a playoff series. He's the only coach to do that. Um, and during that miserable stripping of turmoil behind the bench, Peter Laviolette, Ted Nolan, and Steve Sterling were the only ones besides Jack to finish their 10 years with an overall record above 500. Those three bench bosses also made the playoffs, which none of the others could. Um, and those three combined uh, appeared in a combined 22 playoff games. Capuano appeared in 24 during his seven-year journey, and as a matter of fact, what's even more astounding is that since Al Arbor's second stint uh, as coach of the New York Islanders, no other Islanders coach made it past their third campaign. He was there for seven years. Like, like this team yeah. is notoriously bad at hiring good coaches and keeping good coaches. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it's the right, like it's, it's like the move to make, though. Uh, yeah, sad, sadly, like yeah. I mean, like, it's like this has been this has been building up for years. I mean, and we'll get to this with Claude Julian, but um, you know, maybe there is something you know going on to it. Um, I mean, I guess normally you're not like big on like firing coaches mid-season it's a little risky um but for something like that like I think the bigger question here was why do it now as opposed to earlier in the season when you probably you know now it's like the, the Islanders have no chance in the playoffs um I'll just be straight there so I don't know why you would fire him now and t- because there's no way, like, a interim, co- you know, your season's lost. There's no way your coach will, um, or whatever will do and get it, you know. Uh, there's no way your coach will get back to the playoffs um, just the way that your season has been going right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange move for, from that perspective. But, I mean, it's been building up for forever now, it feels like, where it's like, oh, when will yeah. Jack Campuano get fired? So, yeah, although he is a good coach, and I agree, he's been their best coach for a long time, as the stats that I just said. But it's still, like, Islanders should be better than this. It's, you know, you have John Tavares, who's, you know, who's really good, but um, you don't have anyone else. Your goaltenders stink. I mean, that's really not the coach's fault, but it's still like, you know, um, they should still be better than what they are right now. Well, yeah, I mean, last year their their penalty kill was fourth best. Power play was five points higher than it is at the moment. Top ten team in hits, leading the league in block shots. But when, when you give up like the second, third, fourth, fifth most shots against in the league this year, even if you get to shut out the Bruins for the first time in your history, right. you still lost 7-4 to four to Carolina, yeah. and you're still a 500 team. You should be still doing a lot better. And, like, the uh, the New York Islanders, offensively, they're not offensively challenged. They're just relying on their defense far too often. Like, yeah. their defense has been banged up. Their defense has done most of the scoring, or at least it did do most of the scoring uh, for 
you know, the first 10 or 15 games of the year. And, and they've just been leaning on them too much. Like, they surrendered four more goals 20 times last year. This year they've done that 13 times. So, you know what? They lost Okposo. They lost Nielsen. They lost the good Yarrow Halak. But, you know, when you gain Andrew Ladd and a few young guys, you, you should still be able to be competitive and, and be a contender, even in a tough conference like yeah. this. Uh, but it's just the fact those young forwards, uh, the forwards, they, you're right, they failed to step it up. And, you know, the question is I mean, how much of, how much of that is on the GM, how right. much of it is on the players, yeah. how much of it is on Jack. But either I was about way, to say. Jack, Jack is, is the guy to go in that scenario when things aren't going well. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like tough to know if that's more the Garth Snow's fault, GM Garth Snow, or if it's Jack Capuano's fault for that. And I guess now Garth Snow's um, head is on the line now um, because, you know, if the, I, although the Islanders won their next two games, um, they, um, they beat the Stars and they beat the Kings. Um, they, you know, it's, uh, as you just mentioned, they've, they've, they've been relying on their defense, their uh, goaltenders haven't been as great, so I don't know, maybe they, they're playing Inspire now that uh, Jack Cabano is out, so we'll, we'll have to see, I guess. Yeah, it will be interesting to see because um, uh, following that game against L.A., uh, today we're recording this podcast on Sunday, they're uh, taking on a Philadelphia Flyers team that struggled before their bye week. They're just as hungry to get back on track, though, so they'll probably have something to prove. They also lost to New Jersey right. uh, the night before. And then they host Columbus, Montreal, and Washington to end January. In February, they could do some damage, but the first week or two of March, I think, on paper is going to be brutal for them. They'll visit Dallas, Chicago, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and St. Louis during that 10-day stretch. And then after a home-and-home with Carolina, they host Winnipeg and Columbus, followed by away games against the Rangers and Penguins. So that first half of March and these next seven days could ultimately determine if they even have a chance of making the playoffs, which already looks bleak. Um, My question going forward is... Can Doug Waite be the guy? Can he coach this team? And if not, would Gerard Gallant be a good hire? Because right. you, you look at all what he's been able to do with uh, Barkov and Trocek and Huberto during his time with Florida. Islanders have got Bolivier, they got Hosang, they got Mark Bar- Matt Barzell, they got Ryan Strom, who hasn't really been at his best this year. They need to develop all these young guys properly. So who is the best coach uh, for the job yeah. out there on the market right now? And Gerard Gallant is the first Probably name that comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah uh, apparently they, um, uh, like three years ago, the uh, the Islanders uh, were, like, asked the Panthers if they could speak with Gerard Gallant, and the Panthers couldn't. But now there's no restrictions on that, so they might be uh, looking at Gerard Gallant as we speak right now. It'd be um, interesting considering they knocked his Panthers out of the playoffs last right. year, and they're just like six months later. Yeah, hey, you funny want a was, job? hey. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that could be a possibility, but I guess it all depends. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this or not. I think you did, but uh, Doug, currently Doug Waite is the uh, coach right now. So yeah, I think he's, it's he's the guy right now. Yeah, so I think it's one of those things where if like the Islanders can like they won their last two games under Doug Waite. Um, if they continue to, if they start to like actually start winning some games with Doug Wade at the helm, I think then you kind of have to have um, him 
um, there, you have to sort of keep dog weight. But otherwise, like, if they continue to lose... Like, this is like a trial period for dog weight yeah. to see um, how he actually does on the big team. Um, and see it, and then and then if he's not the guy, then you you know you spend the rest of the offseason looking for that guy. Yeah, um, and, and the danger is a guy like Gerard Gallant, he's not going to be out there forever. I'm surprised true. he's still out here now. And it, you know what? That We've been just waiting for a coaching carousel to happen. It didn't happen when he got canned. We're just wondering if one big fish goes and Gerard Gallant gets hired and it starts a whole thing, all of a sudden the amount of quality coaches out there has diminished significantly. I mean, I think the reason why he's not, he's not, he's still out there is because it's the middle of the season. Well, middle of the season, and this is only the second head coach to be fired this year. Right, right. Well, that's what I mean. It's not like you're going to, I don't know, all of a sudden be like, oh, let, let me uh, fire the coach that I currently have because Gerard Gallant's available. It's not, it doesn't work like that. Interesting stat here before we close out this topic. The yeah. Islanders have had 14 seasons with 40 or more wins in their history. Four of those 14 have come since their previous series win in 1993. Yep. Jack Capuano was responsible for two of them. Yeah, I, I actually I'm curious if he's gonna get another job or not. But yeah, um, he might get like a, an assistant job first because he's he was lined in uh, New York for a while. Yeah. So I don't know if he'll like be get another coaching job, even though all these stats that we're talking about, maybe he will. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like, well, he's been pretty good even on, like, a bad team like that. So uh, we'll have to see if he gets another job as well. Um, all right, let's get to another uh, – let's get to something else. I forgot to do a poll of the week this week. I know everyone's upset. But um, it's okay. So we're going to go to an are-they-for-real section today. Um uh, we have Buffalo. We're, we have two teams that are kind of on a rebuild mode. Um, although Buffalo hasn't been too bad lately, um, it's Buffalo and Arizona. We'll start with Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is 1918 1918 and 9 um, with 47 points. Um, they've won their last two, uh, they're 6th in the division. And their goal uh, differential is minus 18 um, as well. Their goals per games could be better. They're 25th in the league with 2.4. Their goals against are 14th with uh, uh, 2.7. Um, they have a terrible penalty kill. They're 30th in the league in that, um, in the penalty kill percentage. But they're good on their power play. They have fifth, they're 5th in the league in that. Kyle Ocposa has actually been pretty good, speaking of the Islanders and whatnot. Um, he has 30 points. Ryan O'Reilly has been back. Jack Eichel's been good while he's, um, as he returns. Um, so, as you know, I predicted the Sabres to make it to the wild card. Um, I don't think that anymore, but uh, they are playing to what I expect them to be now. Um, you know, once I figured once Ryan O'Reilly, Jack Eichel, and Akposu got going, I felt like that was a means to a success in that thing. But I think the thing that you have to worry about now is, um, is how Robin Leonard has been playing. I mean, he's been decent now, but 
I remember earlier in the season he wasn't doing so well. He has a 921 save percentage with a 2.52 uh, goals against average. I'm actually just looking at this, and Anders Nielsen, is, their backup's been pretty good too. He has a 925 save percentage and a 2.52 goals against average. But um, So I think that's, um, for this year, um, they're going to just miss the playoffs, I feel like. Um, but they've been pretty good lately. Uh, so, Steve, how, are they for real? Well, uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're heading in a positive direction. Yep. That's the good news. But I need to see more before I can say if they're for real or not. Yep. I mean, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. They have the fourth best power play at home, yet they have the fourth worst penalty kill on home ice. So they're just as good at making momentum as they are killing it. Right. Um, and, you know, although they have the worst penalty kill, they're actually a top 10 team when it comes to discipline in the league overall. Right. Um, but they give up a lot of shots, second most shots against any team in the league. I mean, that um, can um, change over time, you know. <laughs> yeah, that can change over time, and yeah. they, and, um, and and they don't generate too many shots. They're bottom ten in that. Um, surprisingly, in the first period, they've been doing pretty well as far as keeping the puck out of the net. Twenty eight goals against, fifth fewest in the NHL after forty six games. But that goes up to forty nine goals against in the second period, and that's probably where they've lost some ground in the standings. Um, you know what? For a young team, they have guys who can net. They control the number of giveaways so far. Um, but guys need to step up here. Evander yep. Kane in particular. He, he, he really needs to play better than he is right now. Yeah. Leonard, Leonard's been good, but he hasn't been consistently great. And on his A game, like you look at the Toronto game and, you know, just everything's moving along. He sees this girl in the stands, he waves to her, and then just bang, bang, two goals against, and he's pulled from the game. <laughs> Wait, did you and, see, um, actually do that? Did you actually wave to a girl? Well, well yeah, so, so, um, a girl was looking at him in the stands, and just smiling at him, he's just like waving his hands like, hi. <laughs> he comes uh, back in the net, and then just casually two goals go by him. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> but then you go back to... Uh, to last night's game against Montreal makes a crazy glove save in overtime to Rob, I think it was Galchenyuk. Yeah. Like, this is a Jekyll and Hyde goalie and a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to expect from Robin Leonard. So I, that's probably why they're not going to make the playoffs is because he hasn't shown that he can be consistently great. Um, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, and Tyler Ennis need to really take charge of the youth movement because yeah. that movement's also going to be the uh, uh, led by Alex Nylander at some point, but they can't wait for Alex Nylander to develop. They need Eichel, they need Reinhardt, and they need Ennis yep. to pick up the pace. Ac- Eichel's actually... Is on the back end, Ristolainen has made huge strides, yep. so that, that helps them. But That's true. They just, they, just need team, they just need team defense, they need good team play, and if they do more of that, if they can, uh, if they can hang on to leads, if they can build on to the leads that they get... And if they play as a team every night, not just every second or third night, I think this team is going to be a playoff team, but they're not a playoff team this year. Eichel actually hasn't been uh, terrible uh, since he's returned. He has 19 points in 25 games. Um, Sam Reinhardt has been okay. Uh, he has 29 points in 46 games. Um, but the real, I guess the real stars are Ocposo uh, and O'Reilly. Um, although they've been okay too, uh, 30 points for Ocposo, um, in 45 games and O'Reilly. They just need more time. That's yeah. all they need is they all, but I, all like, they I feel like, time. I feel like they're finally hitting their stride right now. So it's like all these statistics that I'm mentioning are like, kind of don't tell the whole story. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, but you're right. Like, Evander Kane needs to get better. Um, you know, I guess O'Reilly and Ocposo need to get better, even though they're, they, they lead the team in points right now. But, um, so, like, those guys also need to take charge as well. But Sam Reinhardt, Ristolainen has, has been uh, pretty good for them, too. So, um, maybe there is, like, more of a, you know, there's been a youth movement going on for them. So, um, maybe there's something there. But, yeah, I think they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. But, um, you know, uh, they're... They're doing. They're still doing pretty well right now. So we'll have to see on that. We'll have to keep an eye. Um, so another team that's definitely not making the playoffs is the Arizona Coyotes. Um, the uh, they're uh, they're fourteen twenty six and six seventh. They're last in their division or seventh in their division in the Pacific. Um, they're twenty ninth in goals per game. Twenty ninth in goals against. Um, they're also bad in the power play and penalty kill. They're just a bad team, which I guess makes sense considering guys like Dylan Strom, um, the, who is the guy that they drafted last year? I'm blanking on him. Um, Clayton Keller? Yeah, Clayton Keller. They're all, you know, in the minors, um, you know, and, um, although I guess Christian Dvorak has been okay, I think uh, Max Domi's been injured for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that, that injury hasn't helped them at all. Um, you know, it's, it's... And they're on a rebuilding year, so it's like... You know, like, Mike Smith hasn't been great for them, but it doesn't really matter all that much. Because it's like, well... You know, they're on a rebuild, so they're just going to stink. Um, so, I think they're on the verge to being the worst team right now. Um, it might, I think it's either between Colorado and yeah. Arizona at the moment. Yeah. I yeah, it's, it's those two teams. Yeah, they're not as bad as Colorado is, but um, they're they're still not doing so well. But it's one of those things where they're at a rebuilding mode. It's year one on their rebuild mode, even though it, they should be on like year three of their rebuild mode. Um, so it's. Um, yeah, I think it's going to take some time. I don't... I mean, they are for real. They're not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, Steve. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to elaborate on, on something. And I think their future includes a guy... Uh, could include a guy they haven't drafted yet. I'll expand on that a little bit. But um, you know what? They're trying. They're, they're, a top t- they're a top three team when it comes to hits. Top ten team in block shots. But... You know what, they're one of two teams at the end of Saturday's action that haven't scored 100 goals yet. So uh, when that happens, you're bound to have a crappy power play, penalty kill, below 80%, like you said, not good enough to be a playoff team. They've given up five more shots. Actually, they have scored 100 goals. They have 102 goals. Oh, they do? Okay. I guess I didn't include the Tampa Bay game. Okay. I mean, they might... That's just Colorado. Yeah, it's just Colorado. Yeah, I think they... They were the 29th team to get 100 goals, yeah. And, and they, they beat uh, Tampa 5-3 to three on Saturday, but they gave up 48 shots in that game. Uh, on the season, they've given up five more shots than they've generated. And in the final frame, they've been outscored 51-27. to 27. Yeah. So that probably explains why they've given up four or more goals 16 times this year. It's, it's a lost cause. But 
again, it's looking at to the future. Uh, Dylan Strom, Anthony D'Angelo, Brandon Perlini, Jacob Chikrin, Christian DeBark, all have played in the NHL at some point this year. Uh, all of them are part of the youth movement. They also have Nick Merkley and Connor Garland to look forward to. Um, but I think the best prospect could be the guy they haven't drafted yet. In fact, no one's drafted this guy. His name is Mike DiPietro. Uh, plays for the Windsor Spitfires. He's a goalie, and he's from Canada. No relation to Rick DiPietro. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, as a rookie, he won 16 of 29 games. His GAA was 2.45 this year. 22-6-5, that GAA has gone down to 2.12, and he's already got three more shutouts compared to last year. Um, I, I've seen um, I've seen a documentary on Rogers' hometown hockey, and at this, and they describe this guy as a competitor. He wants to be the best, but at the same time, he likes to go out there and have fun. He also brightens everyone's day. Uh, they were talking with one of his high school teachers, and he enters the class, and and he said. Michael changed the whole class. Like, everyone was nicer to one another. He was always upbeat, talking to all the kids, and even the unpopular kids. And he really transformed that class. So the good nature of this kid is contagious. And um, I tell you, his childhood, what he and his dad went through is, is astounding. His mom battled cancer. His, his mom battled cancer on two separate occasions. Then he was born. She uh, The cancer came back a third time, and she died when my was only five so his dad raised mike up for a couple of years he later remarried uh yep. at age of nine mike became a goalie so he just he just loves to live in the moment he loves the big moments he's not afraid of them he embraces them he wants to be tested he wants to be the best and as and uh, as a guy who's evaluating um nhl talent as a scout you love to see guys that aren't afraid of those big moments yep. and He's really been able to thrive on that stage. I, this guy is capable of being Canada's number one goalie at the next two World Juniors, and I think he's going to do a very capable job if he gets that chance. And right now he's a, he's projected to go in the late second round. I think if his draft stock continues to rise and if he has good playoffs in the OHL, I think he, he could be a late first-round pick. Uh, so uh, I, if I'm Arizona, I take a chance on this guy because I look at Louis Deming, I don't know if he's the guy to take charge once Mike Smith retires. Mike Smith is 34 years old. You don't know how much longer you're going to have him for. You need a goalie of the future to lead this team of the future. And based on what I've seen, I think Mike DiPietro can be that guy. Um, well, I mean, that's a good point, but he, you know, you have to draft him first. And if you're saying that he's going to be a late first round guy, the Coyotes aren't taking a, aren't getting a late first round. I'm, I'm just saying his stock could rise to that point. Right now he's a projected late second round pick. Okay, well, may, but even still, it's not like the Coyotes have a late second round pick either. You know, they would have to take him in the, you know, early second round. Yeah, but, you know, you, you know what, that, that's fine. Because if I look at the Coyotes and look yep. at the players I have, I'm, I'm thinking, do I really need to draft another forward? Yeah, I suppose you could draft uh, Timothy. No, I get that to, point. To help your defense a little bit, but this team needs a future goaltender, and if it's yeah. not Louis Domingue, they need to draft somebody. No, I get that point, and they could very well like win the lottery, but um, and get like Nolan Patrick or that um, Lilligren yeah. guy. But it's um, it's uh, I'm I'm just saying like you know this is just 
like, yeah, they do need a look for goalies of the future, but at the, it's like, you know, it's not like goalies get drafted in the first round. Um, no, I'm not saying so. they draft them in the first round. I'm just saying, um, no, I, 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 th- I think they're due to draft some, uh, a very good goaltender and they were expecting Mark Visentine to be that guy. He, he never became that guy. In fact, I don't think he's even in the system yeah. anymore. So they, they, they're in need of a future goaltender and I'm, I'm just not sure if Louis Domingue uh, can can build up that workload to yeah. be that slow number one that they need. Yeah, that's fair. It's just it's like it's tough to say where if they'll actually draft him or if they'll get a chance to draft him. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that's more my take point. A, a good hard look at him. Yeah, um, yeah, that's more my a, point. Yeah, just a uh, a fun fact here. Um, one weekend they played in Barry, Sudbury, North Bay. Uh, Mike uh, Mike DiPietro's uh, junior team, the Windsor Spitfires. This was uh, three games and four nights weekend. All three of their opponents had the teddy bear toss when Mike Spitfires came to town. Turned aside 21 shots against the Barry Colts, 22 against the Sudbury Wolves, and 21 shots against the North Bay Battalion. Zero goals against. You know why that's important? The stuffed animals are thrown onto the ice when the home team scores the first goal. No teddy bears were thrown on the ice because Mike DiPietro stopped everything. (laughs) That's I've never seen that. That's, yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. When you, when you can ruin three teddy bear nights in a row, uh, <laughs> I guess I, I think that's enough. I guess this guy is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at other teams that might need like a goaltender, uh, like the Stars. Yeah. Um. The I guess the Flyers have some players. Um. Yeah. The um, um, maybe maybe Buffalo if they're not sure of Buffalo of Winnipeg after him, but Winnipeg if uh, uh, we're going to talk about them in a bit, but um, you know who knows what's going on with Hellebuck. I think Hellebuck's fine. I think I think he'll be their guy. He just needs time. Um, but um, Winnipeg. I'm just yeah. Um, I don't know Dallas. I just mentioned. Yeah, Dallas, um, Dallas Calgary. probably is one of the names that comes to mind. If, if you're looking for a good team that needs to win now. Calgary, Dallas, maybe. Um, eh, they got Tyler Parsons in their system. I think they could be fine there. But I guess um, you can never have too many good young Yeah, players. it's just like, you know, I'm just looking at, like, the current situation. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it's not like Chad Johnson. Like, he's been okay. He just hasn't been there. I don't think he's, like... Their goaltender of the future, though. I, don't, I guess they do have John Gillies, right? Yeah, they have John uh, Gillies. Yeah, they, have, they have John Gillies. Uh, they they drafted Mason McDonald a couple years ago. They drafted Tyler Parsons right. last year. That's so, right. Yeah, that, that's three right there. Yeah, I guess they're okay. In that, terms maybe of the Islanders. Future. Maybe the Islanders. Why not? They drafted yeah, another just another dip to be Um Should be noted though. He catches this one. Catches with his left hand, not his right. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of high-scoring um, teams, I guess there were a lot of high-scoring games. I don't know, that was a bad transition. We're going to the <laughs> rapid-fire. We're just going to the rapid-fire. There's a lot of high-scoring games. I was trying to make the connection of like teams scoring a lot on bad goaltenders. But yeah, just, I, guess, I guess people just <laughs> have forgotten how to defend this week. Yeah, I just can't. I can't transition well, I guess. Yeah, we all have those so it started on Monday. Um, the uh, the Pens and the Caps played. 
Um, it was an 8-7 game. I actually just caught on t- towards the end of the game. I just saw the overtime, um, which was pretty good. I think the big question here was, like, why was- Matt Murray was kept in for all seven games in that um, contest. Um, they won. Great that they won, but it's still... Um, it's still like strange because it's like once you you know once usually when a goaltender gives up three in a row or something like that, then you change goaltenders. But for some reason the Penguins uh, are Sullivan didn't uh, put him out or you know didn't uh, bring in a flurry in. Uh, so that was strange. But they won, so it doesn't really matter. But it was eight seven. And there's some cool stat about that is that uh, Sidney Crosby has an affinity for 87. We love numbers here and jersey numbers here. Uh, he wears 87, became the 87th uh, scoring leader in that game. The, uh, the game was 8-7. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's almost like he meant to do that. I was like, oh, it's 8-7. On the seventh day of the eighth month in 1987, yeah. eight seven eight seven. Right, right. That's why he. Uh, well, that's why he wears eighty seven. Yes. Um. So he. Um. He's basically. Uh, um. Uh. Yeah. He's. I guess he's superstitious on that regard. Explain. But it's just he a cool game to have like that. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, fun fact: Had the Caps won that. Won that game. They had a nine-game winning streak going. Yep. They'd be the fourth team this year to have their winning streak at double digits. Yeah, right. That was cool too. Although now the Caps are uh, first in the Metropolitan. Columbus has kind of been uh, slipping now. Yeah. Um, but uh, which I guess was to be expected. But um, yeah. So Washington's now in first. But it's uh, yeah. They lost to Pittsburgh. It was one of those things where. Um, I I guess when I was just looking at the score sheet, it was just like, you know, who knows what was going on. But it makes sense considering these two teams are kind of built very similarly. Just have a lot of high-powered offense guys. Um, Their goalies are good, but it's like, you know, their defense isn't great. So um, it's tough to, like, you know, they're they're prone for these kind of games. So, yeah. yeah, I guess that's what happens when there are like two offenses like that um, playing yeah. and, at their capabilities. And to their credit, the, the offense uh, didn't slow down. I mean, yeah. Pittsburgh beat Carolina seven to one on Friday, and then Washington leveled St. Louis seven to three. Yep. Uh, Washington, um, they've scored thirty-eight goals in their last seven games. Ovi's only got four of them. Yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, also, the first time since February of 1993 that they've scored seven goals in back-to-back games. Wow. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. They, they, I guess this is the time of the year where the Capitals are getting hot. Like it feels like that. It always happens like around this time where the Capitals suddenly get hot. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's safe to they're they're going to be a top three team in the Eastern Conference. There's no doubt about yeah. that. The big question is, come playoff time, what is this team going to do? Yep. Because they haven't been able to get past uh, the second round, and and that's yeah. been the big knock on Alex Ovechkin. Uh, not so much on Barry Trotz because he hasn't coached Ovechkin since he was a rookie, but you know, uh, 
the last couple of years, Washington should have gone farther than than they got. So uh, right. this year's a big year for them, and playoffs are ultimately going to dictate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Capitals, well, the Capitals right now, it's more like, well, we know that they're good in regular the regular season. Yeah. But now it's just the real season starts in the playoffs, and yeah. that's when people will start to judge them. Um, the uh, then the next day. Uh, the, uh, Rangers and the Stars had a big, uh, had a high scoring game. It was seven to six. Um, I didn't see any of this game, but I did hear about this. So I have the stat sheet up here. Um, the, uh, so what's, it started as the Stars went on a three to one lead. Um, and then, um, in the first period, then the, um, Rangers gradually picked it up. Um, it was like uh, it was then. Four, it was eventually four to three. Um, then it became seven to three. The Stars scored like three more. Then the Rangers scored three more. So it, the Rangers never actually fully came back, but they were close, um, and they lost seven to six uh, to the Stars. Um, I think the bigger thing here is that Lundqvist uh, gave up all of those seven goals. Um, is there? Sh- and I guess uh, Auntie Ranta is in is injured. I didn't He's realize. Injured, he, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess in this case, I was critical of the you know, Penguins in terms of leaving Matt Murray in. This was an interesting case because it's like I guess you have to. I don't know. I feel like you should probably put in your backup. Usually, once your goalie gets like four goals, I feel like, but giving up. Um, and it looks like I'm just looking at the stat sheet here. Anti Niemi had six goals, gave up six goals, and then Kerry Lennon came in afterwards. Um, so, yeah, so, so both starting net miners were pulled in this case. Yeah. And it should be noted that the Rangers were scrambling in the final seconds, they almost tied it. Yeah, they almost and tied it. In front of the Dallas Stars, but they almost tied it. It's one of those things where, like, do you really trust Magnus Helberg in overtime? You know, um, so I there, trust him more than Lennon yeah. and Niemi. Yeah, that's true. I I guess there's we haven't really talked about this at all, but like, what is going on with Henrik Lundqvist? Are we should we actually be worried right now? Is he is he like um, like I guess he isn't what he used to be, but should we be, should he be like? Uh, should we be worried that he's going to like decline to not even be a goaltender, a reliable goaltender? I think he's still a reliable goaltender. Is he? Is he uh, still in his prime? I think we're starting to see signs that he's starting to pass yeah. his prime. But he has, I think he's still a capable of going this league. They need to manage his time, though. Yeah, yeah. And that's something they they uh, they didn't do enough of uh, in his earlier years. Uh, they, he was a workhorse. Uh, um, in his yeah. early days with the Rangers. Uh, now I think they really need to manage his time. And, the, and Brant, Antti Ranta, to his credit, um, he's been, been able to good. win uh, yeah. the majority of the games that he's been a part of. So that's good news for the Rangers when you have someone like that to, to come in for uh, Henrik yeah. Lundqvist. in his 30s now. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I just, like, I guess, I mean, I feel like goalies tend to decline a bit when they're in their 30s and stuff but like when you look at guys like Luongo and Lundqvist you're like well they're pretty old right now but they've still been pretty good um so it's 
maybe it's just a like an aberration kind of thing. But um, right now, I'm looking at his stats. Lundqvist has a 2.86 goals against average, a 9.02 save percentage, which isn't terrible, um, isn't great either. Ranta has a 9.23 save percentage and a 2.23, so that's a little better a goal against average. So that's a little better than Lundqvist is, but um, but then again, uh, Ranta has only played 18 games. Lundqvist has only played 33, so it's a little like um, it's kind of hard to compare from that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where Lundqvist is getting older, and we're 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 getting to see that finally. But um, I don't think he is like fully done yet. I wouldn't say no, no, no. Um, he's, he's he's still got a lot in the tank. Yeah. He's, he still has a lot to prove. Still has a lot that, uh, to achieve in this league. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think, think you're, you're you're starting to see age catch up with him a yeah. little bit. And I think a lot of a lot of like specifically that game had to do with the fact that the defense hasn't been as good as well, yeah. it used to be. So some of the nights the defense has been non-existent. Right. So it's like it's not all his fault that he gave up seven goals like that. Um, they're kind of leaving him up to dry. And, and sometimes yeah. when you when you pull a goalie, like it's not always because the goalie's playing bad. Sometimes you need to wake up your team. Yeah. Um, we're going to speak a little bit about this on uh, in my Bruins red, uh, send segment, but uh, we will talk about because this was a high-scoring game, anyways. Um, so the uh, so we'll talk about the so the next night. This was on a Wednesday. The Bruins play the Red Wings. Um, the Bruins got up to a four-one lead. Uh, familiar to all these. Uh, Leafs fans, we uh, the Bruins finally get their uh, revenge, uh, you know, um, comeuppance um, because they gave up a four-one lead. Um, the uh, so yeah, so it was a four-one lead. I thought at this point I was just like, all right, let me just do work. Um, you know, we got this kind of thing. And then slowly, I look at the scores again, and I see that like we get three unanswered, and I'm like. All right, it's tied. What are we gonna do now? Um, then we score again um, in the second, and then in the third um, they tie it, um, and it I'm goes less than four minutes left. Yeah, with four minutes left, it was brutal, um, and then it goes to a shootout, um, and uh, uh, they win the shootout. Of course, did you know that the Red Wings haven't lost a shootout yet? Yeah, they 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 haven't been uh, too they haven't been too good in the standings, but in the shootout, yeah, they own everybody. It's because well, they have Franz Nielsen, who I knew he was good on the shootout, but he's fifty percent on the shootout in his career, which is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Vanek, who always plays well against the Bruins, he also got the other shootout goal. Um, this is bad. Uh, this is a bad loss for them. Um, this is a team that we should have won. Um, I'm saying we as a Bruins fan. Yeah. Um, not we as whatever. But, yeah, this was just a bad loss. But um, kudos to the Red Wings for uh, pulling it out, I guess. Um, but it was just... Um, it was just... Uh, yeah, the, uh, the Bruins just became complacent in the second and the third. And we just stopped caring, really. So... Um, that's what happens. 
Yeah, um, it really is 60 minute game in yeah. this league. Like it, like I remember Ottawa a couple of years ago in Montreal. Yeah. Three goal lead, I think, with like three minutes left, and then bang, 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 tie yeah. game, they went in an overtime. Like, right. Well, I mean, we'll get into this. I don't want to like spoil too much of what I'm going to say, but it's, I did. It's just one of those yeah. demoralizing losses. Exactly. You know? Just really takes the life out of it you. It was the point where I was actually emailing you like five paragraphs about how the Bruins season is over just yeah. after this. And because the Bruins lost to three nothing to the Islanders, I was just four nothing actually four nothing to the Islanders. It was just like I forget. Uh, that's I was just like, all right, this season's over. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna be so angry. I'm gonna write something to Steve. Yeah. Um, and get it out there. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll here's a teaser. I'll explain what I wrote to Steve. Yeah, in the yeah. Bruins we'll sense. Yeah, yeah. So we, but it was just—it was just brutal. Um, yeah, the defense needs to get better. It's—I mean, I understand they're young, but it's just—you can't be complacent. Um, yeah. So it, it was just—it was just sucked. Um, but uh, kudos to the Red Wings from a. Uh, um, here's an objective hockey fan. Kudos to the Red Wings for coming back. Um, All right, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, right. The Caps and the Penguins also got seven points the next game. Um, the uh, Henrik Sundin, last week we uh, talked about uh, Alex Ovechkin getting his 1,000 points. This week, Henrik Sedin got his 1,000th point. Um, and uh, so his brother, or his twin, um, Daniel Sedin, assisted, um, assisted the goal to him. And it was against his former teammate, Luongo, um, which I thought was a cool moment. So um, I think they, like, they, um, they uh, had, like, uh, like a Luongo congratulated Henrik Sedin yeah, right away. Afterwards, yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the, whole, cool. the whole team uh, came, the whole off, team the came prob- off the bench. They probably agreed upon when Ovechkin, just like Ovechkin when he scores 500, the, yeah. they probably asked the NHL, can the, the entire team come off the bench when they, when uh, Henrik gets us a thousand yeah. points? And they go, okay. And yeah. so they did. It was it was a nice moment. Uh, first time that um, someone did this in a Canucks jersey, scored a thousand points right. with Vancouver. And oddly enough, uh, their former captain, Roberto Longo, as you mentioned, was the guilty party. Uh, and for those of you wondering where brother Daniel is, he has nine hundred and sixty eight points and counting. Yeah, so I was about to look at uh, that. Might after. not reach that milestone this year, but he's close. Is it because? Wait, I thought. I guess he's been, he's just been injured. Is that why he hasn't kept, caught up? Because isn't it usually like? Most of, I know that Daniel, I always get confused. Daniel Sedin's the one who has a lot of assists, right? Yeah, I'm not quite sure who gets more more assists or, or more points than the yeah, other. Yeah. I think I'm looking at this now. So Daniel Sedin has about, has 600 assists and 300 goals. Um, and I guess Henrik has the opposite. But I always thought that since they were on the same line, you would think that there would be Closer together, even in points, but I guess not. Um, yeah. Um, so there's that. But kudo, uh, congrats to Henrik Sedin on that. Um, no, all right. Now we have another thing. So a lot of returns this week. Um, kind of PK Subban was the big one. Uh, he came back. Um, he had, he didn't have any shots on goals, I don't think, but he had like three uh, blocks, 
and something like that. Hold on, let me look yeah. at this. He played, played almost 23 minutes. It was also a physical game against yeah. the Oilers, so so that back was probably tested a little bit. Yeah, he had a back injury, that's right. And then he, um, yeah, he didn't, he, oh yeah, he had three shots on goal, um, and then I think he had like two blocks or something like that, but um, he didn't score. Um, I would assume he's, you know, he's probably playing soon, so um, he'll probably have, he'll probably be something with that. So, um, but yeah, he's back. We thought it was going to be serious. He's going to be out for long, but he was out for like a month, but um, we thought he was going to be out for the season, but it turns out he's not. So um, he plays, the the Predators play the Wild tonight, so um, we'll see if he scores there. Um, Nashville seven five and three during his absence. Uh, that win against the Oilers yeah. in the shootout, their fifth triumph in six games. So maybe he's starting to turn it around. Well, the Predators are, but yeah, we'll see if the um, if this helps them or not. Um, probably will help them. Um, so they are, they'll only get better with him in the lineup. Um, other ones: Pavlich and Jordan Saban, who were in the AHL. They were recalled from their teams. Um, so that's cool. Uh, his Jordan, a uh, PK's brother. Speaking of PK, uh, yeah, I think he's the youngest brother too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was recalled for uh, the Canucks. I don't think he's played yet, though, right? No, he has not played in an NHL game. And I'm just taking a look uh, to see here who. Um, let's see uh, who the. Canucks play next. They play against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, that's tonight. tonight it says. Um, but he's like a is he? He's not a goalie like Malcolm Subban. He's no, like he's a, a defenseman like PK is. Right, right. And uh, last year, eleven goals and thirty six points in the AHL. That's pretty good. Yeah. So um, he, 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 yeah, he, he's got know, some problems. There's something there. Um. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Pavlich. We kind of talked about this in the Winnipeg against Winnipeg. Um, it uh, it was um, yeah. So Hellebuck hasn't been good. Hutchinson hasn't been good lately. Um, well, Hel- Hutchinson hasn't been good at all this week this year. Um, Hellebuck hasn't been good lately. Um, so they brought up Havlich. Uh, he didn't do so well um, for Winnipeg. Um, although I think they won, um, he just wasn't, um, I think he gave up like five goals or something like that. He to shake off. The first goal yeah. came on the first shot against Arizona, but he made a couple of key saves when he had to later. Uh, and he's actually, um... Oh yeah, he gave up three goals, um, in the game. He made 34 saves, which isn't terrible. Um, so, I don't know, maybe, uh... That game we'll against St. Louis, he actually made a lot of key stops yeah. to, to keep his team out in front. Uh, and he stopped 64 of the 70 shots he's faced this year, 914 save percentage right now. That's the second highest of his NHL career. And prior to well, this game, uh, Winnipeg had lost four straight. Both goalies ravaged, like you said, 19 goals against. So they needed a spark. And Pavlik, so far, to be fair, he's brought it. To be fair, he's also played two games, so it's like yeah. tough. To, it's two games, tough to look at. It's, yeah. it's it's certainly promising to, yeah. to to see a guy like Pavlik push. But it's like young. it's tough to say like, oh, is if he's if he's back or not when it's like no, it's only two games. But it's you know definitely a better sign than yeah. I guess you're right. No, it is promising. Sure. It's true. 
Um, and but yeah, I mean, I think you're right though. I think it's like Hellbuck will be back eventually. Yeah. Um, or like he Gary, just Gary Price in his first couple of years, yeah. he, he looked human on a couple of occasions. But look at him where where he is now. Exactly. So. I think I think it's just a matter of time when Hellbuck will be. Yeah. He'll um, pick up the ready. pace. He'll be fine. Exactly. Um, other people who are back, I think we mentioned that, uh, Tyler Ennis has returned, um, Zabena Jad, um, also returned for the Rangers, um, Full scored against Dallas in their returns, by the way. Yeah. Something with Dallas. Something with Dallas. Um, oh, and, uh, uh, who is that guy? Uh, Pavel Buchnevich. Um, from Rich the Rangers, or something, yeah. Yeah, he's he's actually been on fire since uh, since he's returned. Uh, I think he has like, um, he has like four points in. Yeah, he's had. Let's see, let me do quick math here. Four assists and two goals uh, since he's been back. Um, so the but yeah, so Bucevic is back, although he was back last week, so I don't know if that counts. Um, Phoenix Copley, um, you know a bit about this guy. Um, he's a St. Louis Blues um, goaltender, so he's, he's he returned, he, I guess he got recalled. Um, uh, do you have any more information on Phoenix yeah, Copley? Yeah, well, actually, he wasn't drafted by the Blues. He was drafted by the Capitals. And he was actually one of the guys uh, St. Louis got in return for TJ Oshie. Right. And um, part of this debut was because while Jake Allen does have 17 wins, just nine, nine away from tying his career high, um, this season has been his worst from a GAA standpoint. It's 2.85, the worst of his career. Uh, never finished an NHL season with a GAA over 2.5. Um, and lately, he just seems to have trouble finishing a hockey game. In his last six starts, he's been given the hook four times. Uh, in fact, in each of the last three starts, he was pulled. And he was pulled twice in the Washington game. That saw him give up four goals and ten shots. Uh, and over those six tilts, Allen was charged with 17 goals against on 101 shots. He was told to just stay in St. Louis while the Blues embarked on the first game of their road trip against Winnipeg, um, just just to clear his mind and, and get refocused. Uh, Copley uh, made his NHL debut, stopped 24 of 29 shots. The Blues lost that game. So St. Louis uh, not having a good time in the goaltending crease right, right. now. Um, uh, yeah. That's true. They all of a sudden they've kind of been falling off the face of the earth, basically. Um, Anthony Duclair, we did talk about Arizona briefly on the show. Well, not briefly. We talked about them on their are they for real section. But Anthony Duclair, uh, he hasn't been that good, um, and he got sent down. Um, he had he was like he was the person they got um, in the Keith Yandel trade. Um, yeah. A while back, um, he. I'm just looking at his stats quickly. He had where is he? Okay, he had nine points in 41 games. So yeah, he was sent down to the AHL to work on some stuff. I don't think this is the last we've heard of him. It's not no. great, obviously, but um, I don't think this is the last we heard of him. I think it's just this is just an indicator that Arizona's kind of giving up on the season and they're trying to. Um, yeah, they, figure they, they out a don't way want to harm. They don't yeah. want to harm any of their young guys. This is a guy, exactly. twenty goal scorer, forty four points last year. 
Um, but like you said, three goals, nine points, 41 games, that's not going to do it. Only recorded points in consecutive games once this year. Last year he had five two-game point streaks, uh, three-game point streak, uh, four-game point streak, and two five-game point streaks. And that was in his uh, first uh, full season yep. with the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, yeah, not, not, not nearly producing at that pace this year. And he's also been... Uh, rotated through the lineup on different lines, sometimes named a healthy scratch, and nothing's worked. So uh, if nothing's working, um, maybe sometime in the NHL, in the AHL, will do him some good. So yeah. it's, it's not that he's not a good player. It's just that he's got some stuff he needs to figure out, and mm. he needs some confidence. So. And sometimes the, you know, those things happen. So I, I don't think this is the last we've heard of him. And it's, it's kind of tough, too, without because like, he, he played – like last year, he played a lot with Max Domi. Yeah, who's and, injured. Yeah. And who's injured. So it's it's kind of tough to be like, oh, well, um, um, I guess it's tough to see how good he can be without him. But um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's the last we've heard of him. Um, so a lot of people returned or were recalled, um, but there's still, there's always injuries, I feel like, so... Uh, there was a couple of injuries this week. Um, we're only gonna, there were a couple who got injured who are day to day, but we didn't want to. We don't want to mention we, them. We in stay case. away from the day to day, not yeah. because they're not noteworthy. It's just because you know we can say, "Oh, so and so's day to day." A day later, probably you hear this podcast. What do you mean he's back in the lineup? Yeah, exactly. So we we speak more on the long term side of things. Exactly. Um. So uh, Latang, Chris Latang, is injured again. Um, he hurt his knee. It feels like this is like every year. Um, I wasn't he injured early in the season too. Yeah, he was, and then yeah. he came back for a couple of games, and they got hurt. And then he got hurt. Um, he's expected to. He's week to week. Um, so, um, but uh, yeah, he's injured. Um, it's, it's kind of bad for the Penguins, I guess, because you know he's probably their best defenseman, but. Um, I never really too worried unless it's like Crosby or Malkin. I'm never too yeah. worried about the Penguins in terms of injuries because it's like as long as you have those two guys, yeah, you're, you're fine. fine. Um, uh, Ryan Callahan has a hip um, injury. He's out indefinitely. He hasn't had a great season this year, not as much as he used to have. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's in, injured, so maybe it, he he has been injured all through the year, and now this is like, well, maybe I should actually get this looked at. Um, so, yeah, he's out indefinitely. Um, uh, two goals and four points, 18 games. He was previously hurt in late November, came back yep. in January, uh, played a few games, got hurt following his third game, and now he's out four weeks. Yeah, he's another guy who always gets injured. Um, yeah. And then, lastly, Simon Semyon Varlamov um, had a groin injury. He appears to be week-to-week as well. Um, This is, I mean, we kind of talked about how Colorado has, I think they've had their worst season in franchise history, um, which is... um, I'm sure with the yeah. Colorado, during their days of the Colorado Rockies, before they moved to New Jersey, they were they were pretty uh, touch and go there. No, but it's even worse. It's even worse. I don't think they've been this bad. Yeah, I think I think it's like including those two those two franchises of the Quebecs and the um, Rockies. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, but any regardless, their goaltender is injured. Um, he has a groin injury. He's week to week. Um, he hasn't been great though this season, but um, that's still. Yeah, he, he has a, he's got a three point three eight goals against average six six seventeen and zero. Only been pulled three times for a guy with a three point three eight GAA. You would think it'd be more, but again, Colorado has a crappy team, so it's not yep. on, on Barlamov this year. So yeah, true. Um, all right, let's get to the Bruins send segment. Um, I don't know who you had a good week. I had a bad week. I don't know who we want to. I think I started last week, so you can go now if you want. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with some bad news this week. Um, hoping to make a return to the ice this year. He felt pretty good, too, but Clark MacArthur's right. glimmer of hope was shut down by team doctors on Friday. He's done for the year. He won't play a game this year, and I really feel for him. I mean, that collision with Robin Leonard two years ago in a February game against Carolina. Ever since then, he's only played in four NHL games. Um, but the Docs are making the right call here. I mean, if he takes another headshot and he's not 100%, his, his career, frankly, is over. And, the, uh, uh, you know, you hear all these stories about guys with concussions after their careers. Like, you know, I think Pronger, I don't know if he's fully recovered from the concussions that he suffered. You know, we talked about in previous episodes, Mike Peluso, what he's going through. Like, taking too many headshots, that's life-altering, not just career-altering. So, yeah, you really need to be cautious with these things. Sad to see um, that happen. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, there is some good news to report, though. Uh, Craig Anderson slated to make his return for good in the final week of January or, uh, or in the early stages of February. Um, However, because he's been with his wife, Nicole, during her, ke- uh, during her chemotherapy treatments, he hasn't had much of a chance to work out off ice or on ice. So uh, it will take a week or two after he returns to the team uh, before he sees any game action. Uh, so Mike Condon is still going to be the guy for a while. Um, and like you said, they, they had a big week. Uh, they got some key wins. Uh, they put a touchdown on uh, the board against St. Louis. They got two goals from Stone and Hoffman in that win. Um, went to Columbus, shut out the Blue Jackets 2-0. Uh, Mike Condon made some key saves when he had to, stopped all 42 shots he faced. And he also got a huge helping hand from his penalty killers, who were able to buckle down and kill off a critical 5-on-3 in the third after Condon unintentionally flipped, uh, flipped the puck over the glass. Um so the, the way that um, this team is able to rally around one another, that, that shows uh, good chemistry, uh, good team character, and that's, that's great to see for a sense team that uh, prior, to this, uh, prior to these last couple of games, uh, you know, they were sputtering a little bit, so they were out of a playoff spot, so they really needed some wins, and they got two key wins there. Um, they played the Leafs on Saturday uh, for the second Saturday in a row, um, and they got out in front once again. Bobby Ryan, his second goal in three games. Nice to see him heat up. Um, he's He's been due to get hot, and it looks like uh, uh, Bobby Ryan is back at full strength. I like what Kyle Turris brought to that game as well. From the opening faceoff right to the final buzzer, he was always creating chances. Carlson was all over the place, too. He didn't score. Uh, once again, but again, he was creating chances. Dion Phaneuf made some huge plays defensively as well. And uh, again, Mike Condon, a weak goal goes by him, but settles down, makes a huge save to keep his team within striking distance. Ottawa down 2-1 to one at that point. Sure enough, they tie it on a power play, 
And again, Bobby Ryan in front of that, making things happen, getting in the goalie's face, and um, that limited Anderson's ability to fully uh, track the puck, and it went past his fo- uh, went past him five holes. So uh, just the little things this team is doing right. Um, they go to a shootout. Bobby Ryan again scores for Ottawa. And Tom Hyde, of all people, wins it for Ottawa in the shootout. His first ever shootout attempt. And again, that shows good faith uh, in the coach Guy Boucher and his players. And uh, Tom Pyatt got two assists in the St. Louis game as well. So when you get guys like Tom Pyatt contributing, that's always nice. Um, the Leafs power play is well in that, uh, heading into that game. They're 6 for 12 in their last five games. So Ottawa was able to weather the storm there, which, which I was also impressed with. So uh, overall, I liked what I saw from Ottawa. Um, Sunday, the day we're recording this, they take on Columbus at the CTC. So I'm not selling the farm just yet, but, uh, we'll talk about that game in the next episode. They host Washington Tuesday. They host the flames on Thursday and then that's it. They don't play until January 31st when they head off to Florida to face the Panthers. Uh, as I'm talking right now, the Sens are 25, 15 and four on the year. They sit two points clear of Bruin of the Bruins for second in the Atlantic with five games in hand. Uh, that puts them in a playoff spot. Uh, oddly enough, I just noticed Tampa Bay's last and below 500 in the Atlantic. That's yeah. something I don't think too many of us uh, predicted. Nope. Uh, prospect alert. Although to be fair, I don't think many of us predicted that Stamkos would be injured. So it's well, a yeah, unfair. that too. The injuries have hurt. <laughs> and fish up, uh, yeah. Yeah, and just a quick uh, prospect alert. Uh, Logan Brown, in a game against the 67s, his Windsor Spitfires beat them 4 nothing. He scored a natural hat-trick in the first 20 minutes and 29 seconds of the game. So, good news for Logan Brown there. Now, uh, on to your uh, interesting rant. Actually, uh, just before we get to the Bruins, um, I did ask you um, through Facebook, do you think... Uh, I just want it on record here. Uh, do you think okay. uh, Condon, now that Craig Anderson's back, do you think Condon's going to be the guy? Because he has been pretty good in his absence. Mike Condon has yep. played about as good as you can expect Mike Condon to play. He's filled in admirably for Craig Anderson. Um, the team has still stayed in the thick of things as far as the playoff race is concerned. Uh, he's definitely earned a chance to compete for the starting job, but it's still Craig Anderson's starting job if and when he gets back on the ice. Craig Anderson uh, is probably going to get some games in. I think they're going to. I I don't think they're going to make him play the kind of stretch of games that he was playing last year and the earlier stages of yeah. this year, where he was just a workhorse and playing every day. Uh, I I think they're going to really manage Mike Condon's um, and Craig Anderson's ice time because Mike Condon. Has started in a lot of back-to-backs. I think he's started in 20 straight games, it feels like. I, I think I heard somewhere 20 straight games he started in. Um, so that, that's 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 interesting uh, how much faith uh, Ottawa's had in Mike Condon while Craig Anderson, uh, you know, has taken care of some personal matters. But um, I think once Craig Anderson gets back on the ice to answer your question, they're going to ease him back in the lineup. He's still their number one guy. But if he starts to struggle um, and Mike Condon continues to pick up where he left off, I think like they did with the Hamburglar during that playoff run in 2015, they go with the hot hand until, you know, someone else gets hot. So 
Um, I think they're going to give Mike Condon opportunities to prove himself, uh, prove that he can be the starter, but it's still Craig Anderson's job to lose at this point. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess I could see like a dual situation because I feel like Condon has worked his way up to be that to be at that point, but um, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, so the I guess I was just suspending until the, to talk about the Bruins because I really don't want to talk about the Bruins, but um, I have to because this is a show and we did this and all that stuff. This might be like the lowest I've ever been as a Bruins fan. Um, it's it's getting pretty bad. Um, yeah, so on Monday. Uh, we lost 4 nothing to the Islanders, um, we just didn't play, we played like, um, I don't want to, we just played terrible, yeah, I don't, I don't want to swear on this, but, um, <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, oh you yeah, just no, thinking no. of something, yeah. like, and then, I, and then I remembered, like, swear. oh yeah, right, I forgot Steve doesn't like my, uh, like when I swear, so I have to, like, I just have to censor myself somehow. But yeah, no, so yeah, we didn't play good, we played uninspired, um, then, uh, so at this point, after I was just like, alright, this is like a team we should beat, the Islanders we should yeah. beat, this was before, this, it's funny too, because Capuano, this was Capuano's last yeah, game, yeah. yeah, but uh, I was just like, we, you, you have to win these games, you know, I was kind of mad that we lost to the, like, I can understand if you, like, you know, lose to um, the Predators, the uh, Oilers. I'm just looking at all these teams that we lost to, like the, the Blue Jackets at the time, the Penguins. Um, like I can understand the Ducks. I can understand losing to those teams. But when you can't beat, like, teams like Carolina twice, um, if you can't beat uh, New Jersey, the Islanders, um, the uh, Predators uh, without... Um, without a PK Subban, it's and like Pecorino, who, was start, who was not starting that game. Yeah, and he wasn't starting that game. It's just like you have to win these games, and especially as you just mentioned, the Senators and the uh, the Maple Leafs are are on their tail. They have five games in hand on the Bruins. But, you know, you're still in second place, but you're not really. You're basically in a wild card position. Yeah, you're, you're basically relying on yeah. other teams to lose and, and hoping you yeah. stay in the top three. And because those, if you go outside the top three, then you yeah. have to deal with the Metro teams. And, those, and so. those games that we lost, like, we, you know, it's just you have to win those games because those are teams that you should beat. Those teams are terrible. So it's like, it, uh, so that just frustrates me. And then you also have to worry, the first, if you're tied with yeah. a team, the tiebreaker is head-to-head. If you can't beat those teams you're going up exactly. against head-to-head, you're on the outside looking in as well. Well, we haven't played, I don't think we've, oh yeah, we have played Toronto, we lost to them when we played Ottawa. We haven't, I don't think we've beaten Ottawa or Toronto this season. I know you lost to Toronto twice, once yeah. at home and once on the road for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I think we lost to Ottawa too early in the season too. So, um, yeah, so that's not good. It, I don't think we, I and at this point, I don't think we're going to catch up to them. So, um, so yeah. So, we lost to the Islanders. Then we uh, lost that big game at Detroit, which I mentioned at before. Um, Again, another team you probably should beat. Another team you should beat, exactly. And uh, then you lose. Uh, then on Friday, 
was kind of, it was a, a okay game until the last, like, five minutes when uh, Marion Hosa, uh, it, was, it was against Chicago, um, it was 0-0, it was a pretty good game, Rats played pretty well, um, but of course you're playing the Blackhawks, so it's like, um, they can come at you at any moment, really, you just have to be on your game for six, full 60 minutes, um, and they lose that in the last minute. Um, they don't even get a point. They don't even get it into overtime. Uh, so Marion Hosa scores. Um, so, um, after all this, I had this rant. After the, uh, Detroit game, I had this rant with, uh, to Steve, um, about, like, how Claude needs to go. It's like, we're just playing so uninspired. You can't, and I was just mentioning that whole thing about how, like, you have to beat, Islanders, you have to beat the Red Wings, you have to beat, like, the Devils, Carolina, all these teams, and we don't, and I feel like, I feel like that has to be, like, up, uh, has to, Claude Julien has to go because of that, it's just, you can't, you know, it's, we're better than that, we have to do, you know, you have to do better than that, on the other hand, now that I have, I've cooled down a bit, <laughs> um, Claude Julien is probably the best goaltender, um, a go- goaltender coach we've ever had. Yeah. Um, at least since I've started, you know, following yeah, in, in recent memory for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, he's also the winningest coach in history. So, like, the idea that if you fire him, it's like, you know, the next guy is... Um, you know, is going to is never going to compare to Claude Julian. Yeah. Um, or it's just he has a lot of expectations for him just because of that. And I don't think it's it's tough to be like to fire him based on it's like it's hard. It's like one of those things where like do you fire like do you fire a guy just because um, the team isn't playing that well right now, even though you know what they're he's capable of. Or do you, like, just keep them going um, and try to, like, fix the roster that way? Um, and at this moment, like, just looking at the especially looking at the last two seasons where we've, like, just missed the playoffs, I feel like Claude's been a good coach, but he's just worn out his welcome, really. Um, and I'd, I'd be okay, like... And honestly, I'd be okay if we just go, like, in a full rebuild mode, like, fully. And you have to, like, so you fire Claude Julien, you pick, you have Bruce Cassidy in as a coach who knows all these guys from Providence in the AHL. And then um, that's how you, uh, you do it, and you get, like, and then hopefully all these young guys start to uh, play well with him. And I know you're wasting prime years of RAS. Bergeron and Marchand, um, and and I get that, but it's just I I feel like the youth movement is so strong right now, especially when when we have guys in our farm system who aren't even up yet, like Charlie McAvoy, Jeremy Lazon, Zachary Senishin, who um, who apparently had a um, who had a five hat his fifth hat trick this season. Yeah, he's got um, he's five hat-tricks this year, 28 yeah. goals in 37 games. Last year he got 45 goals in 66 games in the OHL. Yeah, 
Um, and then uh, you have Jacob Zaborel. You're hoping to get Jake Bean. Yeah, uh, J- Jakob Zaborel, uh, Charlie McAvoy, who had a great World Junior Tournament. Um, Zach McIntyre, McIntyre who yeah, Malcolm Subban, even. So it's like you know we have all these guys in our farm system. So I'd be okay um, in that sense if we just like give up on this season um, and just see what all these young guys have when you can. But at the same time, it's like you know you also have Ras, Bergeron, and Marchand. Who are you know who wanna who are good now um, and ready? So it's it's one of those things where like, do you trade some of those guys and make a big trade just for the season, or do you just you know stand pat and and whatnot? But I don't think at this moment I don't think we're gonna win. Uh, we're gonna make the playoffs, um, and I I'd be okay. I just don't want to be like. I think it's gonna it's gonna happen where we're just gonna we're not we're gonna be like not bad enough to be um, a lottery team, but not good enough to be in the playoffs. Yeah, um, it's gonna you're be right one in the of, middle. I feel like it's gonna happen again, and um, so I feel like you have like something has to change. Um, either if it's a trade like a big trade like that, which I'm not a huge fan of, I don't think you should like trade part of your future for just for because we're not like one piece away you're not like that it's it's tough to do that so um and i i just think the bruins need to pick a direction basically yeah um it's it's just like 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 tuka rask you you talk about tuka rask and how good he's been in this team prior to that game against national where he got hurt yeah giving up 12 goals in six games Three games that followed, exposed 11 times on 64 yeah, shots. He was given the hook but, on one occasion. But he's still your number one goalie. Yeah. That doesn't mean because he's playing bad you should trade him. Just like no, just because the team is playing bad you should fire Claude I don't Julian. Think, what, what, I'm, what I'm thinking is, is Claude Julian for the youth movement? Is he the coach that you want coaching right, that team? If he's not, go get someone else. That's my that's my that's more my point is I don't think he's the guy for our youth movement. And yes, it, it's going to be tough to fire him, but I think you have to do that, because I feel like that's that's the future for our team um, right now, and I feel do like he's trying Do you think Gerard Gallant could be a good hire to replace Claude um, for the youth movement? Yeah, I mean, he has, he, he was pretty good for the Panthers in terms of bringing up those young guys, but I don't know, I feel like Bruce Cassidy is probably in a better position just because like a Mike Sullivan kind of situation because he, he he knows all these young guys from Providence, um, so I would be more for um, Cassidy than uh, Glant, um, but I you know I wouldn't mind Glant as as the guy either, um, but um, yeah I mean it's it's gonna be tough if if he does go right now it says it looks like the Bruins aren't going to fire Claude Julian, um, so, or, like, the Bruins management even, like, said so themselves, and, um, and really, I think, like, the guys who should go are, uh, Jeremy Jacobs Jr. and Cam Neely, who think this team is a contender, um, 
and are putting this like team into a high pressure situation when really you know they're they're just not good like they, they think it's like five years ago when they were a contender but they're not it's it's um it's it's just uh it's just frustrating um so um i don't know i'm i'm really really close to giving up on this team um but you know i'm a i'm a bruins fan so i guess i can't be but um, what I'm interested to see, though, is is what happens, you know, if Claude Julien gets fired, and if this is going to start yep. coaching carousel, because you look at Alain Vignon and Todd McClellan and Joel Quenville and the Mike Babcock, you look at all those coaches who are going nowhere. They're stuck with their teams, and they're going to be a key part of those teams' yeah. success for years to come. And then a guy like Claude Julien pops up, and every other team is thinking, maybe I should change my coach, goes right. over there and says, get me this guy right now. Yeah. And that, that will probably cause a rip because you know one team fires their coach right probably a lot of other people think oh, i could use that coach exactly my team. And yeah. it'll just cause chain reaction and it's been a while since we've seen that in the nhl yeah no that's true i mean like as soon as claude julian gets fired you know he's going to be picked up by another team in a second yeah. um i know that and I, like i don't i don't i'm honestly fine with that i know a lot of bruins fans aren't going to be fine with that but I feel like it's just it's just something that has to happen. I feel like he's just worn out as welcome. Um, he is a great coach. He's probably the best coach we've ever had. It's just I, I think it's time. Um, something needs it's to change. The, yeah, the, the the timing. Yeah, and it's it's all about the timing. And, and they yeah, can't wait too exactly. long uh, as well because if they wait too long and they see a guy who think oh it could this could be a good coach for the yeah. Boston Bruins and then he's gone and swept up by another team, then you're yeah. just saying okay. We're going to fire Claude Julien. Who the heck are we going to replace him with? Right. Um, we play um, uh, the, uh, the Bruins play the Penguins. Uh, this is recorded on Sunday, so they play them. Uh, the Penguins on Sunday. Um, we're probably going to lose that game, but our football team um, will probably beat the Steelers. So uh, there's that. Uh, I love when that happens. By the way, when it's like two like teams, uh, two cities play each other on the same day in two different sports or three sports. I think there was like one time where like the Jets played the Bruins and the Red Sox played the Yankees. It was pretty cool. Um, the uh, then on Tuesday uh, we play Detroit, and then Thursday we play the Penguins again at home. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm kind of giving up on the season, so I don't really care if, if we have to win those games or not. So um, I, I don't, we'll probably won't win those games, but um, we'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope we'll make the playoffs, but uh, at the moment, I don't think we will. Dare to dream, buddy. Dare exactly. to dream. Social media. Uh, you can follow us on Laysom Podcast. At Laysom Podcast um, on Twitter, uh, Facebook is Laysom Up. Um, you can follow, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Um, make sure to do that. Listen to us there as well, and also um, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a re- review. We're on there as well. You can also email us at uh, laceupbag at gmail Go Pats. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. Go Sense. We'll talk again in episode 62 <laughs> of the Lace Up Podcast. Yeah.